Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Freecast. My name is Brian. With me as always are my friends Zach and Vince. We didn't record last week, so we've been uh, we've been jonesing for some DC Freecast action, and uh, we hope you have been as well. So first up, we have some business to attend to. Uh, a number of weeks ago, the three of us took uh, turns guessing who would be the new Secret Six, the, the Batman Who Laughs uh, turned heroes and with the release of batman superman number one which we'll get to in a bit uh we now have the full list of these six heroes so vince you kept this down in a notebook Mm -hmm. you have in front of you who each of us voted for um i'm trying to think of the most dramatic way to do this (laughs) how do you want to reveal it um well well, okay. Can I ask you some questions first? Sure. Yes. Did one of us guess? Like, did we collectively guess the six? No, we 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 missed Blue Beetle. Not a single one of us picked Blue okay. Beetle. Okay. Did anybody get more than three on their list? No. Did anybody get three on their list? <laughs> yes. Okay. All right. Um. So tell us who picked who got the least. Start. Let's start there. Well, Zach and I both tied for the least. Fuck yes! Yeah, <laughs> victory. So it's sad to say, but Brian, Brian, you got three right. Uh, I had Jim Gordon, and and this was this was far before we knew. It almost seems like I cheated because we kind of knew that Gordon was infected before everybody else mm-hmm. uh, because of the Batman Who Laughs comic. But this was done before we ever saw that. Happen. Yes, yes. Uh, so, yes. so I got Gordon. Zach, you got Supergirl. Brian, you got Hawkman, Shazam, and Donna. Okay. Blue Beetle so, is an odd one. Like just looking at how the storyline has progressed, I don't, I don't see how we could have guessed him. Right, but and yet in retrospect, I almost think like, well, they're not doing anything else with Blue Beetle. So. Sure. Yeah. Whereas, like, look at some of these other ones we picked. Brian, you picked like Rick Grayson. Well, he's. He's off doing his own thing, and it feel it feels like he's just not going to intersect with these books for a while. So, sure. it, yeah. in re- in retrospect, like you could, or like for instance, but literally all the other characters are also doing their own things as well. Donna Troy's not doing much since Titans ended. That she's yeah, she's the but like Shazam is. Well, his book's never coming out. So. Well, okay, okay, but <laughs> Supergirl definitely is. Supergirl is yes. Hawkman yep. is. So yeah. here's a question I have for you guys that popped up in the Multiversity Slack this week. Do you think that any part of Shazam's delays are due to the Shazam Who Laughs? I, don't I, so. I wouldn't think so. I can't imagine it being so. I can't either, really. That would be weird to me. Can I, can I suggest something, though? Sure. About, about Doomsday Clock next week? Sure. I, it wouldn't surprise me... If some of the delays on Doomsday Clock, not all of them, I believe some of them are probably creator driven, but it wouldn't surprise me if some of the happenings in Doomsday Clock have made it so that they found specific weeks to release these books that are better than others. Um, and I, it wouldn't surprise me if Shazam was a part of that too, and we just don't realize it. Like if whatever is next for Shazam would be better by having it be delayed a little. Interesting. Um, 
Uh, because after Doomsday Clock, Johns is going to do Twilight of the Superheroes. Yes, exactly. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Well, part of my reasoning is actually that, like, Shazam tends to have a role in most DC events, you know? It's, it's very interesting you say that, because uh, as I've talked about on the show before, I'm currently doing a... I am reading every single Billy Batson, Mary... Uh, Batson, Freddie Freeman, and Black Adam appearance from Crisis on Infinite Earths to current as part of the Shazam read-through. And even when Shazam wasn't having a book, when there, when there wasn't a monthly Shazam book, or when like he wasn't part of an active team... He Everyone was, was asking, where's Shazam? <laughs> no, but he, he would have very minor roles in all of these crossovers. Mm-hmm. Like, he was in War of the Gods, there was nothing going on then... Um, you know, he's he just he does have a place in these, and I wonder. I've been sort of hypothesizing if it's just a character that people can instantly visually identify, and so like putting him on the cover of a book is like, oh, this is serious. Captain Marvel's there, you know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. like a, a visual signifier of, of import. Um, but you're right. So I would. That is interesting, Vince. But I, I do. Don't get me wrong. I do think. John's is dragging his feet on some of this, and I and I do think specifically it is John's because Shaz- the Shaz- the Shazam book has already proven that they don't mind having like three or four artists on one book. Sure. So it can't it can't be art. I wouldn't be surprised if John's is behind himself, but I also wouldn't be surprised if if we'll get to this next week when we talk about Doomsday, Doomsday Clock, but. Things are really shifting now in a way where the books are all starting to tie together, and it wouldn't surprise me if some of it is just kismet that DC sees some of this stuff lining up better if they plan it out to put those books out on different weeks. That's interesting. We'll, we'll talk about it next week. Yeah. Um, so what do I win? Uh, a no prize. Wow. The classic DC Comics no prize, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I suppose that makes sense. <laughs> All right. Well, let's get into the books this week then. Um, let's talk about Action Comics number 1014, written by Brian Michael Bendis, illustrated by Simon Kudransky. Um, This is uh, the year of the villain Dark Gifts. Which is uh, it should be dark gifts G I F S, like like the Wolverine gift that Vince uh, sent me via yeah. Farmers Only earlier today. Uh, I would read a dark gifts crossover very very gladly. Um, but yeah, this is like this is in that weird place that Action Comics finds itself right now, where it's half an event Leviathan comic. Half a year of the villain comic, yeah. Um, that said, I don't think it was bad though. No, and I think that we've all been a little bit critical of Kadransky's art as of late, but I thought this was the most palatable he's been in quite some time. This was pretty good. This was good. Yeah, I, I, this wasn't my favorite issue of the week, but it was enjoyable. There were a lot of things I did, I did like. Um. Also, like tangent to our uh, Hickman cast, this um, gives me a little bit more hope for the Fallen Angels book that's coming because that has Kudransky on it. Yes, 
Oh yeah. Yes. I with artists like Kudransky, I I judge their work from issue to issue on how they handle the action scenes because I feel like those are the um that's where an artist like this can sometimes fail for me, for my tastes, you know. And I felt like this issue handled that stuff really well, like with the, the Rose and Thorn stuff, the Red Cloud stuff, the Superman. There's a not very much Superman in this, but there's a couple of pages with, with featuring some action from him. And they're all really well done. So I think this is, yeah, this is some of the better Kudransky stuff I've seen since that Penguin book. Which is weird to say because it's, you know, normally an artist doesn't get better as they do more consecutive issues. But I think he just rose to the occasion on this one, you know? Well, he's also not doing anything that I think feels out of place on the book. Like, oftentimes my problem with art on a book is not even the the draftsmanship of it. It's that it feels like it's out of place with the book I'm reading when a new artist mm. comes in. And I think he's he's managed to bring his style to Bendis's action I mean, his work just from like a palette standpoint is well. Who's coloring him? Is it is it the same colorist? Um, Brad Anderson, um, I believe it is. I believe Anderson's been doing the whole book. I was saying, like, I feel like this is a yeah. bit darker in in palette than maybe the early action stuff, but it doesn't feel out of place. No. Yeah. Yeah, it feels a little bit he more heavily inked, I think, as well. Yeah, he has a heavier line for sure. Yeah. Um. Uh, I think it's worth noting. So this is kind of just like all the Bendis things coming together in this one issue um, because we've got, um, you know, like you mentioned, some event Leviathan stuff. Um, we've got Naomi popping up. And then also um, it was revealed recently. Well, this is like a mild uh millennium spoiler not from the issue it was in the news okay can we talk about that do you know what i'm talking about i, I do let's hold off let's say, let's say okay, there's, okay. A, there, there's, there's a there's a very clear millennium tie-in yeah definitely yeah so um so it's kind of just all of bendis in in one issue right now yeah yeah and there's also even like in the recap page the little twitter thing there's um some Wonder Twins there. Yeah, yeah. And some Jimmy Olsen. Um, that, that That's still a fun shtick. I really, I enjoy that. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't, it doesn't take too much to, it, it, you know, one of the things that people have been talking about a lot is how DC needs to bring back recap pages. And this is not a recap page. But it does do a little bit of work to tie the universe together. Yes, for sure. And I'm thrilled that that even applies to like the, the smaller books like Wonder Twins, the Wonder Comics line of things. It makes those books feel like they're not inconsequential. Sure, yeah. You know, Wonder Twins could easily feel like it's off in its own universe. And, and Bendis is kind of making sure that that doesn't happen. Even even if it's just in small ways, yeah. I do want to say that I think that the the sort of star of this issue is Perry White. Oh yeah. God, the stuff mm -hmm. between him and him and Leon. Yeah, oh, it's really wonderful. good. Yeah, and I feel like Perry yeah. White has not gotten many moments 
in a very long time. Like I again doing this Shazam read through, I have read through a bunch of like Superman tie-in issues over the last few years, the uh, last few weeks rather. And there was a lot of like we- Perry White side storylines. Like Perry White had cancer in the early '90s, and Perry White had some marital issues. And there, it seems like there was always a little bit of Perry stuff going on. We haven't had. When was the last time there was an actual Perry White like story that wasn't just him yelling at Clark? <laughs> yeah, you know, um, it was that episode of Smallville when. Uh... <laughs> yep. When he, uh, I barely even remember anything about that episode, except I think he like picks him up on the side of the road. His car is broken down or something. I don't remember. It was when Lawrence Fishburne said, "Great Caesar's Ghost" in Man of Steel. Okay, there you go. Yes. Man, how wasted was he in those movies? Not drunk. I'm sorry. Wasted. No, I'm thinking of Frank Langella saying, "Great Caesar's Ghost" in Superman Returns. (laughs) Yes, you are. Yeah. I'm sorry. Although I. Although I do think he doesn't he say Great Caesar's Ghost at some point? He probably does, but the scene I'm thinking of is like the Daily Planet planet is falling on him and <laughs> Superman saves him and he like very dramatically goes, Great Caesar's Ghost. <laughs> I have to look uh. up if that originated in Adventures of Superman the show, because Perry White says that all the time on that show. At least once uh-huh. an episode he says Great Caesar's Ghost. <laughs> Um. Anything else to uh, say about this? Um, it's good. Yeah, it's good. Perry yeah. White's horn- horny on Maine. Um, <laughs> yep. Do yeah. we know much Naomi, about Leon yet? Back. She's good again. Do we know much about her? Yeah, I don't think we know anything about her. We don't know anything about her, but this issue kind of—it's interesting because. Unless this is like a kayfabe or something, <laughs> this issue is kind of telling us that Leon herself doesn't have anything to do with Leviathan, which I think in the past, I don't think it's been suggested, but you easily could have thought that maybe she was involved in that somehow, right? Well, so that's like, I wasn't sure. I couldn't remember if she had been introduced elsewhere because we have like, we have the Red Cloud. That That is the name, right? Yeah. Red yes. Cloud. Like, yeah. infiltrating the Daily Planet. And I think it could be... It could be possibly implied that, like, the Red Cloud was infiltrated because the owner got her a job. You know what I mean? Like, it seems like there could be a way that they could be connected somehow. Um, but, yeah. Uh, oh, uh... Thank you for uh, giving me this answer to my Great Caesar's Ghost question. You're welcome. <laughs> What's yeah, the answer? It, it, it was apparently... On the radio um, show. Yeah. Oh. So much Superman stuff came from that radio show. Superman is on the radio. Yeah. I, I actually would love to find those and listen to those. Yeah. I still haven't seen all the old Fleischer cartoons. They're all in DC need, Universe, bud. Yeah, I need to remedy that. At least they I've were. Few. Uh, let me check now. Anyway, well, you don't have to check right now. Uh, we're, we're, we're talking. You know, we can keep talking about this. Um, but anyway, what I was going to say is, do we think that Leon is on the level? On the level with... Like, is, she, is she telling Perry the truth? Does she really want to like fund the planet to its 
to be the best it can be? Uh, I don't. I wouldn't say that she is on the level. Vince would say you. I don't think. She, well, I mean, she's not on the level for sure, uh, but I don't think she's part of Leviathan. If that's what. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it seems clear, pretty clear that she is like in antagonism with Leviathan. I feel like to some yeah. degree. I mean, that's what this issue sets up. Yeah. They could easily do another issue down the road where you find out that this was um, this was her looking like she's not involved with Le- Leviathan, even though she is somehow. You know what I mean? Um, but I tend to think not. Uh, by the way, Vince, there are 17 Max Fleischer cartoons, and all of them are on DC Universe. Oh, nice. Okay. Yeah, I bet I've only seen like four or five of them. They are very, re- very good. That. But I will warn you, there's a couple where there are um, Japanese characters oh, of course. that are really like like Krusty yep. the Clown offensive Japanese <laughs> stereotypes. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yep. What? 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 <laughs> Could they do any less? Yeah. Like, talking like the um, the Mr. Sparkle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> join, me, join me or die. Can you do anything less? Yeah. <laughs> he banishes dirt <laughs> to the land of ghosts and wind, you know. Um, but there's an episode titled Japoters, like saboteurs, oh, but with no. uh, yeah. So it's just just, oh, just giving bad. you a heads up. Um, there's also yeah. There's also some like punching Nazis in the face, so that's good as well. Well, that's good. Yeah, it's it's definitely worth your time. Definitely worth your time. All right. Uh, any other action thoughts? Nope. Nope. Okay, well, let's get to Batman Superman number one, written by Joshua Williamson, illustrated by David Marquez, making his DC debut, at least. Maybe he did some DC stuff in the past, but this is his first like modern DC debut. Um, there's, uh, there's a fair amount of interaction between batman and superman in this issue which you, you would don't expect, say which you would expect from this but what i was going to say is i feel like this is very much to give readers who maybe don't read as many dc comics as we do like the the current state of the batman superman relationship because that relationship has changed so much over time you know this is like this is the current version of that relationship yeah. um and I think that's that's valuable uh, for the comic overall. Uh, Zach, you didn't say that much during the action stuff, so why don't you lead this conversation? What did you think of this issue? Oh, why would you give me this one? Uh, the art was fantastic. Art was so good. Wonderful art. I really liked the art a lot. <laughs> how, about, how about the art, though? The art was really, really good. This uh, David Marquez guy, get him on some more books, please. Um, His Superman is very handsome. Yes. Just so charming. Um, and man, the costume on Bruce, you know, 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10, yeah. yeah. Costumes are great. Um, Those undies, man, they, they, they slap. They do. They're they're really great. They're great undies, and he even makes that uh, Shazam loincloth work really well too. Um, th- this is not the book I need. 
Yeah. Tell us why, Zach. <laughs> well, uh, there's a, a little character who is uh, kind of big in the, the DC Comics world these days. Um, you may have heard of him. His, uh, his yeah. name is Who Laughs Batman, comma Batman. Um, and uh, he, he sucks a lot. He's the worst. I hate but, him. but we knew he was going to be like the driving force behind this well, story. Well, I know that. I, well, of course we did, but that doesn't mean that, like, oh, I knew about it, so this book isn't... A, <laughs> so it's good now. It's good now because no, I but, expected it. But your expectations were probably tempered somewhat by that, right? I mean, I, they were, and then they were met. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. Um, yeah, I mean, this thing, this hits all the beats. So you get like, you get this like fake out opening that is actually in the Batman Who Laughs Dark Multiverse world where he kills Bruce, uh, he kills Clark, and then they meet up, they banter, we get an allusion to Crime Alley uh, with like a weird holographic image of. Bruce and his dead parents, <laughs> and then uh, they go down into the dark bat cave. Um, Billy Batson is a is a scary Robin boy, and then he's a scary Shazam man. <laughs> that's and that's it. the issue. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought this was just passable for pretty much the same reasons that. Zach has mentioned about just being over the Batman who laughs at this point and, and, and having this lingering infection thing is really not, not something I'm interested in. I, I don't know. It's, it's, um, and, and then even the, even the banter between Batman and Superman, I think in this is a little overdone for my taste. It's a, it's a little bit like uh, uh, well, the two of us, how could we ever get along? We're so different. <laughs> you know <laughs> I feel like there have been I feel like there have been uh, musical what there's like a musical number I'm thinking of about like the two of us could never get together. We're two I think it's from family Guy. <laughs> never mind. Fuck you. <laughs> how dare you evoke the family guy on this podcast. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it was an enjoyable read in as much as it looked really good and it wasn't, there was a lot of narration, but it wasn't, it was very easy to skim. It wasn't a lot of information that you had to like take in and process. It was just like, oh, okay, here's how these two characters feel about one another, which we kind of already know. Um... So in that way, it went down smooth. It was like a, it was like an MGD or something, <laughs> huh. versus a nice like, uh, nice know. hop sounds by a single cut. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> hey, they should send you a free uh, six pack or something please, now. Please, please, uh, Bruden Astoria Queens. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't know. How, what did you think, Brian? Are you, are you on our wavelength, or, or did you like this more? I'm not not on your wavelength. I'll say a couple of things. Uh, first of all, the art is excellent. Like I I always liked Marquez's art, but I, I guess I didn't read too many books that he was on regularly. 
And, you know, if he's going to be on this book for the long haul, I'll be reading this book just for the art. Yes. Let me, let me... Uh, four issues. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay, so uh, that's that's number one. Number two, I think that there is a place in DC to have these sort of editorially driven series, right? Like, this is clearly a case of they wanted to do... They wanted more with the Batman who laughs. There's not really room in Batman right now. So here's a way to bring him into a story. This is essentially more a Batman who laughs ongoing than it is a Batman Superman title. And I don't love that. But there's but but there's a long history of DC and Marvel having books like this, right? Um I think that Williamson is a good writer for this type of book because I think he's always been able to take editorially driven mandates and find ways to make them somewhat interesting. All of that said, I don't think this was a particularly great issue. I think this book has a potential to become fun and to become campy, but I don't know if DC will allow it to become that. Right. Yes, I think you nailed it. Uh, That was really well said. Thank you, buddy. Second time tonight, um, I've gotten a rare compliment from my co-host. I got to uh, yeah. mark this in my calendar as a red letter day. Well, I'm trying to apologize for that Wolverine gift. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, w- one other art note: um, Alejandro Sanchez, who does colors, I think has been coloring um, um, in Justice League. Yes, recently he has. On- for for Jorge Amenez and and it's very good. Make note of that for the multiversity year end discussion that starts in a few months. Oh boy! Oh my gosh! Already November first, baby. Check your Ooh. inbox. Wow. Um. But yeah, I don't even hate the idea of the Secret Six being like the six turned heroes. Like, I don't love that idea, but I think, like, one of the things I try and do with these books, I try and remember that, like, we are reading superhero comics, right? And that there are certain tropes and certain things, certain uh, devices that can be used over and over again, and that's just the way it is. And and I, I don't think that The Secret Six is a terrible version of that, like, standard issue, who are the mystery people... How are they going to interact? You know, I, I think we've seen all this before, and that's fine. It could be good. I just feel like this is going to be a little bit too self-serious for what the book should be. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, that's it. I got. That's all I got, I think. That's all you need. I thought love was all you need. Is this book not love? What is love? Baby, don't, Baby hurt, don't hurt me. There we go. <laughs> we <laughs> right. got there. We got there. <laughs> I'm proud of us. Uh, <laughs> not really, but kind of whatever. Um, all right. Let, let's talk about Dial H number six. Oh, uh, with With a new phone who disc joke on the cover. <laughs> yeah, uh, yep, which is amazing. Yes, it so is. So good. Written by Sam Humphreys, 
illustrated by Joe Quinones. Who should win an Eisner for this book? Yeah. Yeah. yeah absolutely. 100%. So, Vince, take us away, boy. I mean, I just, like, you just want to talk about every reference that's made. I really kind of do want us to do that if we can. Yeah. So, okay. So there's this character that's called Lolo Kick You. Who is Madman? Which is, who is Madman in this issue? But remember that she showed up in a previous issue and she was more like Tank Girl yes. that time? Yes. And so, so you had the Tank Girl reference and now you've got the definitely Mad Madman, Mike Allred reference. Lightning Bolt on the, on the shirt and everything. Um, you know, musician. There, there's, there was always like a, a indie punk uh, musician thing running through Madman throughout its run. The yeah. Hit Girl in the Atomics stuff. It, it's certainly like, it's a Mike Allred pastiche. Like maybe there's a little bit of Red Rocket Seven in there, or whatever. But you know, but it's yeah. definitely, it, it. You know, it's unintent. It's unambiguously. A Mike Allred thing. I believe at one point she even uses the word Ginchy. She does. Is, uh, she says that is yeah. not Ginchy, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. But then on the very next page, it's the Astro City uh, yep. reference, yes. a double page spread, which is just clearly an Alex Ross uh, style cover. Yeah. But there's also yeah, like. But, and then even within that. Yeah. There oh, is. Go ahead. You may. Uh, there's, there's He-Man. Yep. Uh-huh. There's like a star man essentially holding the cosmic rod. Yeah. Um uh there's like a Jean Grey well, that's like a Phoenix slash Iron Fist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Amalgam thing. Yeah, I don't know. The Iron Fist symbol with like the Marvel Girl look. Yeah. There's like uh is that supposed to be like a Mr. Freeze kind of? That that looks very much like the new fifty two Mr. Freeze. In the mixed middle there, stilt mixed with stilt man, mixed with stilt yeah. man, yeah, but also with like a little bit of like machine man from Marvel too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, I know I've seen that helmet before on the guy in the upper right, but I can't think. Well, is that shred? Is that like Shredder's? That's helmet? basically like Shredder. Yeah, yeah. It's Shredder. Yeah, yeah. It's like, a cos- it's like a cosmic Shredder. Yeah, up in it's the like upper, in the upper left hand corner, there's like that's kind of like. Uh, who does that look like? Spectre. It's a little bit Spectre, yeah. Uh, and then there's the woman like coming through the hole there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know who that's. I don't know who that is either, like. but yeah. There's a lot just in that page. There's a lot. Yeah. This, and this then, comic is a lot. But then the next page, though. <laughs> oh, the next page is just. There's a. There's a Babs Tar uh, sort of character, almost like a. That's the character in the Sailor Scout. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uniform. That's yep. absolutely then, a Babs Tar drawing. And then there's like a Brian Lee O'Malley, uh, like seconds character. Yep. There's there's uh, a uh, a Bongo Comics Simpson, Simpsons yes. uh, like b- bunny character, a Life in Hell homage there. Yep. Yes, yeah. Um, I I know that like brain like brain head character that is something that I just cannot put my finger on what that is. Um 
There's that like splinter kind of mixed with a Ninja Turtle in the bottom. Yeah. I, yeah. I, who who is the like woman with like the like Scarlet Witch headdress thing and like the storm kind of like bustier? Yeah, that's like a is that like a Prometheus Prometheus reference? That's kind reference? of what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah, that I could fits. see that. Um, uh, the guy with the with the silver arms is like. Uh, those obviously look like Colossus arms, but that's referencing somebody else too. Yeah, um, I mean, it's almost like Jax from Mortal Kombat, sort of. <laughs> yeah, a little but, bit. Yeah, <laughs> like um, probably not what that is, but um, there's there's a lot going on there. Uh huh. There's uh, your 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 three eyed manga character. Yeah. Um. Which I don't know if that's like a. Uh, three times three eyes. That's a that's a, a manga or an anime. I don't know if that's a explicit reference to that. Mm -hmm. The the like superhero character above her is almost like a um. Oh, who is that guy? Um. Who I think like primarily does letters, but then he also does art. It's like Chris. Chris Eliopoulos. Yes. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of like his style sort of yeah yeah i don't really know who the like the raccoon with the bat is supposed to be unless that's like a ninja turtles type thing that's what like the head bandana makes me think of but that, I don't, that's I don't what i said that's, what, that's what almost like a splinter was, yeah. a splinter ninja turtles type you know, okay oh right right okay okay amalgam yeah. there so then a yeah. few pages later we get another scene with some of those characters in it uh -huh. But we also get Squirrel Girl, like, like unambiguously Squirrel Girl. 100%. Um, yeah. Uh, um, who, who is that star, the character with the star on her head? It's, she's in the so back? familiar. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, but I have no idea. Is that Jem? Oh, is it Jem? But the art style is... Uh, there's ah, oh, who am I thinking about? Crap! Oh man, there's something. What is that book? Oh my gosh! Um, <laughs> oh 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 oh! It's I've almost got it. It's almost like Colleen Doran, like um, distant oh, soil. Oh man! Oh man, yeah, that's a, good. A little bit. That's what it makes me think of. Hang on a minute. That oh, that's a that is a good poll. Have you ever read that? No. It could be that. I mean, just something about the way that, like, that girl, like, the, I mean, the art style and like her facial facial expression, like it. Yeah, it's very distant soiled to me. I don't know if that's what it's supposed to be, but sure. Um, and then you've got like the there's like the anime character on the left side, uh -huh. which I don't know. I don't know if that's in reference to anyone in particular, but it kind of looks like Tuxedo Mask. But it but, does. Uh, yeah. 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 There's also it, like, like that, that kind of Prince Robot the Fourth from Saga there with like the yeah. iMac head. The TV, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yep. then there's also he like the skull and like something about his outfit too. Also reminds me of like 
one of those characters that's like public domain that's in the dynamite superhero comics too okay um (laughs) sure i can't i can't i don't know like what his name is um he's like the project it's like in the project superpowers stuff that they do yeah Uh, who who is like the is it like a werewolf beethoven (laughs) i don't know I cannot figure out who that sexy werewolf is supposed to be. Oh, yeah. Black Black Terror is the character that I'm thinking of, and he actually, yeah, that is actually a pretty similar. What is it? His he's called Black Terror. Black Terror. Yeah. Oh yeah, Black Terror comics. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Nice call but, there. But but done in like a done like in a... like a. Uh, 80s manga or 80s anime yes. like a, that would fit on a speed racer yeah sure style and then who, who is she kicking in the face there that looks almost like an archie character but yeah but also a superhero yeah and then yeah. Like, right beneath that there is not galactus uh-huh <laughs> yep and and also like a uh rocketeer orion mashup yep uh-huh mm-hmm. uh-huh um, Cloud is on this uh, on the subway. Cloud from Final Fantasy. What? Oh yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, uh, with the big uh, Buster Sword. Sure, sure. Um, and then she meets the dumpster liar. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, looks like, like a Frank Quitely character. Or yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. And then starts the and- comic like within the comic. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, which is this supposed to be like a Hernandez brothers thing? That's kind of how I took it. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't decide if. Um. I couldn't decide if it was a specific reference to Hernandez brothers. It's got to be. There's there. I felt like there was some like Charles Burns in there. Yeah, I think it's just it, it. It doesn't need to be specifically the Hernandez Bros, but like it definitely gives yeah. off that vibe. Then we meet Frank, who is like yeah. a '90s yeah, well, Guardians really, of the Galaxy really quick, character. Sorry. Really quick before we get to that, I wanted to like mention how like you have that like book within a book that's like oh like it's that like classic trope of like hiding a book within a book. You know, yep. so it's like I guess in this case it's like on the outside you're reading like a a superhero comic book, but then on the inside you're reading like a highbrow, you know, <laughs> yeah. like classy yes. comic. Yeah. And then there's the With... fuzzy lollipop is the character like behind that comic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is like in that, uh, Bruce Tim yep. style. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but yeah, you were mentioning the, the Frank, uh, yeah. Frank, the Frank Miller passage. <laughs> Yeah. Who looks a lot like a '90s Guardians of the Galaxy character too? Like, there's a lot of those uh, similar <laughs> elements. Yeah, yeah. He's got like that Yondu mohawk. Yeah, yeah. Um. Yes. Uh huh. And then Dundee uh, Rex. D- d- yeah, yeah. Uh, which is that like a? Um, uh, that, that's like a Frank Cho. Or is it like uh, Cavewoman comics? Those like porno comics. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> collar tag. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, but then we get Super Miguel. Yep. Yes. Yep. 
Which again um, is like a done in like an Alex Ross style. Uh huh. My favorite bit we haven't gotten to yet, and we'll talk about the story later, I guess. But I love how there is a female Randy Macho Man Savage character who's like wearing a wrestling championship belt and dressed just like Randy Macho Man Savage, but is yeah. uh, is a woman. Yeah, and and right next to like a green beetle. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good call. That's definitely the 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 gif and Demetrius. Um, uh, uh, McGuire. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, then there's this other character that's helping carry the plane mm-hmm. at one point with the N on his chest. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't know about that, but he also has a K on his forehead. Okay. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know about that, but, uh, there's a like Ghost Rider Hellboy yep. mashup. Yep. Um, like super Mignola that... with with the with the floating crown. That's like such a Mignola right. thing. Yes. Um. There is a like pretty clear Akira character. Oh yeah. Um, I don't know who that character to the right, immediate right, is supposed to be. Are we uh, still it's on the plane? Like a Jay Lee, it's a Jay Lee style character. Where are we? Are you looking? Uh, page nineteen. That's like show. that's like Hella from uh, Thor or something. Yeah. Done in like a Jay Lee style. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we kind of get Rose from uh, Star Wars in the left there too. Well, that's oh, that's the Akira, Akira character. Yeah. Character. yeah. There's a fair amount of Rose there, I'd say too. The haircut. <laughs> sure. Um, I don't know what that character is with the, with the weird one, like Cyclops. Yeah, I, me either. yeah, gotta be a reference to something, but anyway, anyway, we're pretty much to the end of this issue now, but, um, it just, what a wonderful, like homage to all these different styles and artists and, genres and then you realize that this dial that they've got at the end is like the magenta dial and then there's another dial for every color of the like original like printing colors yep mm-hmm. yeah the four, yeah which yeah, the four. yeah yeah which they also introduced the cyan phone in this issue that's yes. the one miguel uses mm-hmm Yep, and what the, what a great idea to like tie in all these homages to like the very foundation of comics in color, you know, um, really clever stuff. And the one thing I love about starting off with a Madman reference for this comic is there was an issue of Madman, I think when it was being published by Image in the in the early two thousands, where Mike Allred himself did like something like 80 to a hundred references to different artists and characters using his madman character. And like every panel was a different character. Oh, interesting. Um, so like in one, in one panel, he was Calvin from Calvin and Hobbes clearly. In another, he was a, 
like a Neil Adams drawing, you know, and and how much fun it is to pour over an issue like that and try to pick out all the references. Even though reading this, I probably only got, you know, 60, 70% of them, right? Um, it's just such a cool exercise and and I always love when artists homage one another. So this this series in general has been just like catnip for me. Mm-hmm. But but that's not to say that it doesn't have a great story too because there's a ton in this about sort of Miguel as like a coming in, coming of age uh, type thing going on and 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 that's what the comic within the comic kind of touches on a little mm-hmm. and it's actually a little bit touching in the way that it does it. Um, yeah, you get the great um, you know Marlon Brando. Krypton speech uh, <laughs> from this. Uh, I I can't remember the character's name. He's the he's the good Dial H guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, uh, that's Robbie Reed, right? Yeah, I believe yes. so. Yes. I think you're right. Yeah. Um. Which, like, man, I couldn't help but even get just a little choked up even just, like, reading that there, even though if it is it is kind of, like, played for a laugh at the end, but it's just, like, so good <laughs> still. Um, yeah. What a fantastic issue. Yeah, the best. Um, and we should also say this was supposed to be the end of the series before it was renewed for six more issues, and you can kind of see how this could have been with just mm-hmm. a, a the slightly different last few pages, or even just leaving it as sort of an open-ended, you know, cliffhanger. Um, mm-hmm. But it does make me wish that it was a 24-issue series, so each uh, each dial could get six issues. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed. So why don't we take a break at this point, and uh, we will come back in just a minute. Hello, we're the hosts of the Multiversity Manga Club podcast. I'm Emily. I'm Zach. And I'm Walter. Each month, we pick a manga to read and discuss among ourselves. Past books include Monster, A Silent Voice, and Pokemon Adventures. We also look back on the past month's installments of Weekly Shonen Jump, discussing the highs and lows from the Viz Anthology. We've even discussed notable manga adaptations like Netflix's Death Note. At the end of each episode, we announce next month's book club pick so you can read along with us. We're always open to suggestions for future books as well. So join us on the first Friday of every month on multiversitycomics.com, Apple Podcasts, or your podcatcher of choice. And we are back with a uh, a review of our final two comics. Before we get to that, let's get to our list, though, because we often forget this at the end of the show, so I want to make sure we don't forget it. Uh, On the good list this week, Justice League Dark, Martian Manhunter, The Terrifics, and Wonder Woman. On the okay list is Batgirl, Batman Curse of the White Knight, and The Flash. The bad list, sorry, Detective Comics. Man, that has not been a pretty four-digit run since they hit 1,000. Red Hood Outlaw is on the Beware the Creeper list. The Bendis list has Batman Beyond. Not the Bendis list, I'm sorry. The Jurgens list is Batman Beyond. Um, and then the don't call it Elseworlds list has freedom fighters. So that is our list for, uh, today coming up right now that we're talking about justice league number 30 written by Scott Snyder and James Tiny the fourth 
illustrated by Jorge Jimenez. Boys, this is a pretty big issue. <laughs> oh, baby. <laughs> this is the stuff. Go Inject for it, Vincent. it right into my veins. Go oh, for it. Oh, God. Can we just skip to the end? Sure, yeah. Well, for, no, let's not well, do that. Uh, there's, there's a thing that I want to talk about in the, in the middle-ish. Deputizing everybody to be no, in the Justice League? No, no, not that. Not that. Um, although when I when I read that, I got uh, major uh, Game Master Anthony vibes. <laughs> Everybody's coming in with everything for a big party. What are you talking about? So, <laughs> uh, we're back on the Seven Forces thing, and um, we get this. We get. We find out that there are all like seven positive forces, mm-hmm. but we only get six of them. Again. <laughs> yep, of they, they haven't thought of that seventh one yet. They'll get it though. They'll figure it out. Oh, it's just so. It's really funny to me. <laughs> it is funny. Okay, so then they're trying to find these pieces of the totality, right? That that have been fashioned into. Um artifacts both in the past and the future right yes and, and so one mini te- mini justice league team has to go into the past and one has to go into the future and both of them are so so good but of course the thing that we've been waiting for this whole time is getting the justice society of america back and uh the way so barry and john stewart are the ones who go into the past Mm-hmm. Yes. To meet up with the JSA. Which is and so perfect because they're the characters that have JSA analogs. Yes. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, uh, oh, God, it's good to see them again. It's good to see them rendered in uh, Jorge Jimenez style. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, of note, this is the exact team that we have seen in the pages of Doomsday Clock. Yep. Yep. And I, I think we'll talk more about that next week. But but yeah, um, it is. And I, they, I mean, they're clearly there's no update going on here. You know, these are these are kind of their classic forms. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Oh, it's fantastic. We're the Justice Society of America, son, and you're about two weeks too late to save your past. <laughs> what a great comic booky line. Yeah. Should we run down the, the lineup here? Sure. We got uh, Ted Knight Starman. We got mm-hmm. Hawkman. We have Wildcat. We have yep. Dr. Midnight. Um, the Atom. Sandman. Sandman. Dr. Fate, Green Lantern, Alan Scott, and The Flash, Jay Garrick. Yep. Uh, notably missing Mr. Terrific. Like the original Terry Sloan, Mr. Terrific. Yeah. You s- you said Dr. Midnight? Are you talking about Our Man? I'm oh, sorry, Our Man. Our Man. Dr. Midnight's also missing. That's what I meant to say, yeah. Yeah. Which I don't think we've seen... Dr. Midnight in Doomsday Clock. Doomsday Clock, yeah. Yeah, I'm not sure. But yeah, the, the, that's a pretty hearty lineup there. 
Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then sausage fest. <laughs> yeah, well, that I mean, that's the Justice Society, you know. Um. And then who do they find in the future, Zach? They find Commandy. Yes, and that is the Trinity, by the way, that travels to the future. Yes. Yes, and uh, they're about two weeks too late to save the future. <laughs> they should have been two weeks too early to save the future somehow. Yeah, that doesn't really make any sense. So just, just, so just hang around, guys, you know. <laughs> yeah. Make yourselves at home. Come back later. Make I mean, yourselves comfy. Um, I mean, technically, technically, you could argue that there's like a butterfly effect thing. And so he, he could say, like, hey, you're, too, you're two weeks too early. You're going to screw everything up. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and then and then so those are the away teams, and then back at home we've got uh, Mira and Hot Girl, the World Forger and the Monitor, and then of course the Jepu- the Deputized Justice League. Oh, and Starman, of course, kind of holding the the portals open. Uh, but uh, some muckety muck comes in and <laughs> screws everything up. Yeah, which what do we know what that I is? I don't think so. Um, I, I they, looked at that. They kind of have like a bug face. <laughs> I looked at that page forever to try to figure out. Yeah, is or is that a mask? You know. Yeah, it may, it's probably a mask because well, they they also look like they have long hair. Right. Um, kind of coming up behind the mask. So, but I have no idea who that could be. Mm-hmm. Can I tell you who my initial thought was? And there's no way that it's this person. Was uh, Cruz? No, Pandora. Oh, Pandora. That was, uh, yes, ah. yes, 100%, 100%. But we saw her atomized by Dr. Manhattan in uh, the Rebirth special. Right. Um, um, speaking of not knowing who characters are, uh, can we take a look at the uh, the Legion of Doom page on uh, page – I'm trying to find it in the PDF, 13? Sure. Maybe it's just because of the Luther power-ups, but I don't recognize several of these characters. Okay, so we got... Did you say page 13? Yeah. So we got Apex Lex. Yeah. We got Black Adam. Uh Uh-huh. Deathstroke. Black Mask. I've not been reading Catwoman, but why... Is that Catwoman? Is that Selina? I think that is Selina and and Harley next to her. Why? I don't know. That's is that dumb. is that Brainiac next to them? No, that's Oracle. Oh, it's Oracle. Batgirl. Yep, yep. Um, I don't know who's behind her. Um, Captain Cold is there. Got, yeah, he's over there by Mister Freeze. I think. No, that's not Mister Freeze, is it? Did he get all buff? I don't know. Who's under Mr. Freeze and beside Lex? Is that supposed to be Clarion? That's, That's Clarion, Clarion, yeah. It's the witch boy himself. Looks, looks very young. Um, got Raish, Floronic Man, uh, Grundy. Who, I don't know who is beside Grundy and Raish. Um, which, beside where? To the left? To the left. Like the, that uh, looks the, like a Court of Owls. Guy. Well, no, I meant kind of like... The, down. Teddy Roosevelt guy oh. there? <laughs> yes, yes, that guy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know who that is. It's the yeah, Rough Rider like the himself. Weird, 
the weird Court of Owls guy, which I don't know if we've seen him in a book somewhere that I just don't know about. That looks like um, Gossamer from uh, Looney Tunes, like wearing a disguise. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there are like some things that are clear. One thing I've Lobo got cornrows. I was yeah, gonna say, yeah, <laughs> prison yard Lobo. <laughs> um, um, Deathstroke's son. Uh, is it Jack Joseph? Joseph. Joseph. Yeah, he he's in both of these. He's in the Legion and in the Justice League. Yeah, and oh, really? <laughs> I didn't notice that. Uncle Rich, but he, but he has different. Posited, yeah, Rich. Said. That maybe, uh, maybe he's playing both sides. Mm-hmm. I gotta yeah. see this. Where is yeah. he? I'm I'm a few issues Where behind is... on Deathstroke. I need to catch up. I know it's kind of dealing with him. Yeah. Well, when the next. Uh, okay. Never mind. Okay. Save it for off the air. Yeah, yeah. I also have to say that it brings me such joy to see Jack Knight's Cosmic Rod. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Here. There's the evil plastic man. Yeah, and, and Bizarro, the Bizarro, yeah. who's in, in uh, Terrifics right now. Yeah. There's uh, the Mecha, Mecha Black Manta. Yeah, Ocean Master. Yep, Ocean Master. Is that the evil um, metamorpho there over Gossamer's shoulder next to Plaz? I don't know. Yeah, so I think he's actually um, – he is Bizarro Metamorpho, I'm pretty positive. Yeah. From from Terrifics as well. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then who's yep. who's in the white above Gossamer's head? I do not know. That almost looks like a Martian character. With like green hands, but yeah, yeah, it does. I don't yeah. know if that's who it is, and I don't know who the floating flame head person is. That seems like a Justice League dark, quite possibly magic person. So this episode uh, is like eighty percent us just describing characters to the listeners. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> well, I'm want. sure I'm sure a lot of readers are going through this and thinking, sure, you know, yeah, who, who, who thinking is that? you guys who are that? idiots. Well, there's the, there's that too. Yeah, uh, feel free to write in and tell us how stupid we are. Um, I I did recognize you know pretty much everyone on the Justice League side. Uh, you know, rare Simon Bass sighting. Um, yeah. Vixen, who we haven't seen in a little in a minute. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, S- uh, Natasha Steele. Natasha yeah, uh, Irons, yeah. rather Steele. Um, Let's see. I mean, Guy. We haven't seen Guy in a while. Yeah, Kyle Rayner in the background, too. Zatanna. Yeah. She's around, though. Yeah. Pretty much everybody else is around. And um, those are just the ones that stand out. It's interesting to see the terrifics there in full force. Donna Troy, Captain Adam, uh, Red Arrow. Ted Cord. Yeah. Those are all pretty. Those yeah. are all pretty prominent characters, though, of late. Maybe not Ted Cord as much. Yeah. We haven't seen him. Is that Booster over Swamp Thing's uh, shoulder there? Or no, Animal I think Man. That's Animal Man. Yeah. Yeah. This is yeah. a this is a good issue. It was super fun. And. uh we get the next part next week. Yes, we which do. Which is pretty crazy. And, yeah. you know, it does have a little bit of the Snyder-Tynion recap disease. 
but I think that it actually uses that to set things up nicely. Mm-hmm. So yes, for I, sure, I forgive it. Um. Yeah. Anything else to add? Uh, Jorge Jimenez is the goat. Oh yeah, he's the best. Are we ready to talk about my favorite comic? <laughs> we yes. are. And that is Superman number 14, written by Brian Michael Bendis, illustrated by Ivan Reich. Rice, Rice, I never know how to say that name properly. Um, Willem so, Dafoe. Yes. So this is the issue that was delayed because of supposedly the cover. But definitely not because of the cover. So, Zach, why don't you why don't we start there? Tell us why this issue was really delayed. So this issue was delayed because of apparent an apparent internal struggle about the race of Lightning Lad and to a second degree uh, Bouncing Boy, um, who in some of the early prom- promotional material of the Ryan Sook designs, um, Lightning Lad was depicted as uh, Caucasian or, or possibly maybe... Um, even Asian descent, it's kind of difficult to tell just with Sook's art, I think. Um, but here he is, um, he is a black character, and there's also a, another promotional image that, that depicted um, Bouncing Boy um, as a black character, and then had light had lightning lad as a caucasian character and then another piece of art that flipped those and so it seems like (laughs) i'm very confused you can go to bleeding cool and read their commentary on it 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 seems like this was intended from the beginning but then switched but then bendis switched it back without permission but then people found out it's a, it's a hot it's a hot mess. So um, this is getting a little bit into the weeds here. Did anybody check the comicsology version of this to make sure our PDF matched the comicsology version? I'm I'm sh- oh I hope it does. Then and then I'm not wrong here. Um, let me check. I I'm sure they would not have sent us the wrong one. Uh, stranger things have happened. Stranger things have happened. You're right. Um, here, I'm pulling it up right now. Okay. Unless you've already checked and you know the I, answer. No, I haven't. No, I haven't at all. I just okay. It just came to me right now. Because um, okay. I think this is the intended – I think that this is the intended um, race for these characters that they have chosen. Um, yes. Yeah, it matches the comicsology one. Okay, mm. all right. I wasn't sure if you know at some point something got switched even more so. Um, well, apparently they did make Lightning Lad's skin darker and Superman's skin lighter in the reprinted versions. Okay. Mm. But regardless of all of that. What do we think of the issue itself? I know Zach called it his favorite comic of the week, so we'll get to him in just a second. Um, I really enjoyed this issue, and it did something I want to talk about in a minute that I think 
more time travel stories should do. But Vince, what'd you think? Um, I yeah, I liked it a lot. I don't know if I'd say my favorite Dial Dial H for Hero was my favorite issue of the week. I think. Well, but you have to stay on brand. I do have to stay extremely on brand, but I I did enjoy this thoroughly. I think if this is truly like the conclusion of this sort of long running, I mean, it, <laughs> the conclusion part one. It says, yeah, <laughs> which is. Which well, was a little. I chuckled I, I, at that. I quit. I think I'll have to. I would like be tipping my hand on a book that's coming out next week. Yeah. Yes. I. Yep. I know what you're. I. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. Um. But if this is the conclusion of that, what a wonderful conclusion! And the way that they handle resolving the conflict, I'm sure that's going to be the bulk of what we talk about. But it is perfect. It is so perfect. Superman shit, and I that so much so that I cannot believe it's in a comic in 2019. <laughs> you know what I'm you know what I'm talking about? Like What's solving that? a problem diplomatically like this? Yes, yeah. yes. Um, so yeah, I, I I liked it a ton. I thought this issue gave uh, Ivan Reyes a lot of room to flex his action muscles for like the first three quarters of it but then the, the way that it resolved was just just mm, just what i wanted yeah um brian do you want to say anything before i go on gushing no because I, I i think my point will probably follow up yours nicely okay um so this issue is like the perfect reintroduction of the legion in like the most legiony way because the the most legion thing is for like superman to plant the seed for the legion and then the legion to show up on that day and say hey thanks for making us <laughs> that's that's <laughs> what i wanted to talk about <laughs> that's what i want to talk about i feel like okay. it's i feel like it's the back to the future 2 thing where like an idea is hatched in the moment and then instantly we see the future reacting to that which yeah. is just really well done it's so good it's so good and like just we already knew about this but the twist of um you know them coming to not ask superman to come to the future but to ask john because it was actually really <laughs> his idea yeah yeah is so good and and really just a great payoff of everything that Bendis has been doing with John. I know a lot of people are probably miffed at like them aging him and and everything, but it it's such a good payoff. It's pain. I, I think. Yeah. yeah, I think it's good. And and also such so that's great payoff, but I also think that the payoff on the stuff with both Zod and then and Rogalzar and with the kind of intergalactic community that's been weaving in and out of Superman and Supergirl pays off extremely well in this issue too. Um, it, it kind of just makes like for a, just looking back on the run of Superman and Supergirl thus far, it's just a really satisfying, um, collection a really satisfying narrative in in my opinion 
Yeah, um, I agree with a lot of that. I think we were all a little bit worried that uh, Bendis was going to undo what Peter Tomasi did with John Kent. And to me, this is just such a beautiful extension of the John Kent story. Not mm-hmm. not a, a retcon or anything like that. It's a really, really nice way to bring John Kent into future stories in a way that feels incredibly unique for him and not at all derivative of any other Superboy. Like, you know, him him going to the future for the Legion is so perfect. Like, absolutely, it does all the things that you want a Legion story. Like, you know, one of the one of the tricky moments in DC lore is the handling of Superboy in any context, right? Because yeah. sometimes he's young <laughs> Superman, sometimes whatever. So this this allows the Legion to have a Superboy at the beginning in a way that doesn't do anything bad to continuity in any other capacity. It also, because it gives John the idea, it makes him more important than almost any other character in terms of the overall future of the DC Universe, which I don't think anybody saw coming uh, initially with him. So it's just, it's so good. It's a really smart way to handle that part of the story. Um, but let's talk more about the resolution of, of, of the battle itself, Vince, because you want to talk about that. Well, no, that, I, no, I just meant the Legion of Superhero stuff. Oh, okay, I thought you meant, like, the mechanic of how they got there. No, I meant, like, resolving this in this intergalactic conflict diplomatically is what I meant. Okay, yeah. With the um, United Planets stuff. What did you guys think of the Zod stuff? I, I like... Well, I, I will say it, it seemed a little... Uh, abrupt i guess i would say because it you know you have rogarzal and zod are chasing superman and jor-el and so jor-el leads them to krypton and that basically just just triggers zod just all the way and and he just turns on zol instantly um, which I thought was a little weird because it's just like, well, you're you're working with him and you know what he did, but then you're just overcome by righteous fury in that moment. That that seemed a, uh, it was a little contrived, I think, but that I think that's my biggest nitpick with that segment. And maybe I misread it. Maybe I'm not reading that correctly. Is that is that how you all read it? More yeah. or less, yeah. I, I I think I agree with you, Zach, in that it felt very abrupt, but then the the way that it transitioned into the United Planets thing was it kind of any misgivings I had about it were kind of wiped away by this conclusion that it came to, you know? Sure, sure. And and oh man, I just want more than anything. You know, for, uh, so John can go off and go have Legion adventures now, and I I want. I want 
Clark and Zod to do New Krypton now. Well, yeah, <laughs> I want it so much. Can I can I give you guys the major vibe I was getting from that scene? Sure, go for it. I was getting big time Charles Xavier Magneto vibes. Ah, oh, okay. Oh, I mean, we're getting there. We're getting there because Legion, Legion. I mean, I guess you could make the argument that Teen Titans is was at a time like DC X Men, but like really, Legion is DC X Men, right. and 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 of, Superman is the progenitor of Legion. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I love it. Woo! Oh, it's good, man. This is good. This is good stuff. And some of, I think, Ray's best art on the series so far. Um, I agree that, like, the action scenes are really, really good. And 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 some of the, like, kind of calmer, still diplomatic stuff is really good, too. I think, like, some of the faces are a little wonky here and there, but... He, that happens. He, he, it happens, yeah. He's, I think, still really, really good. That that's that spread of the legion is just. Whew. I I'm excited to get to know some of these new characters. Okay, so wait a minute. Now we have to name every character that's in that United Planets <laughs> spread, and then in the legion. Uh, Atrocitus sighting. Okay. Hello. Yeah, yes. there was. A, yes, I saw that. And I was like, whoa. <laughs> yes, and and they Brainiac. They do exist. Brainiac, uh, two, right? Yep. That's it. Is Brainiac two? Yeah. Um. Which, like, man, get, do something with him. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the rest don't matter. Um, <laughs> Salak, that's nice. We haven't seen Salak in a while. Um, There's also a, um, I forget the name of the planet, but where Tomar Ray and Tomar 2 are from. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, 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 Zudarians? I believe that so, yes. Right. Yeah, and a Thanagarian and a Ganthit. Or a, a guardian of some sort, mm-hmm. but yeah, just a just a really delightful way to kick off the Legion story, to wrap up the Unity Saga. Italian Chef kiss emoji. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm I'm really interested to see where the Superman book goes now. Um, I actually have not really paid attention to the solicits coming up so i don't neither have i actually i i have not read uh a lot of the solicits for superman not because of uh i think i just got out of the habit of reading them because they've all been the Uh same uh (laughs) more or less the same like uh story since the book started Mm -hmm. yeah let's see let's see what we got I know this is gripping. Where <laughs> even is that book? Oh, it's probably man. This whole acetate cover thing is really annoying. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. This it almost maybe sounds like they're maybe gonna do some one-off type things, which I'm not opposed to. Yeah, that that would be fun after such a, a nice palate cleanser after this very long opening arc. Yeah. There have been so yeah. many new Krypton teases, but do we actually think we're ever getting a new Krypton story? 
I kind of don't think so. I kind of almost don't know that I really want one either. I but I think just having Clark and Zod on the same side and working together would be satisfying enough for me. Um, I agree. Yeah, it definitely looks like we're getting some one-offs. October is going to have a uh, a Damien and John team up again, which will be fun because um, that'll be the first time that they've interacted, I think, since John has been aged up. Mm-hmm. Yes. I'm really curious to see how John is treated going forward. Will he just be in the future? Will he be popping back, you know, to, to show up? here and there in the in the other books i don't know yeah i don't know either i hope he's not gone all the time because i think that the the family dynamic is great mhm i don't sure. want to lose that yeah and there's no reason for him not to be able to just tran- you know sure didn't uh didn't superman was it superman or was it john that learned uh instant transmission zach um i think it was it's something that jor-el put in john's suit yeah that gave him instant transmission yes yeah so there you go there's an excuse to have him (laughs) pop in and out all the time yeah yeah overall this is a I, i think for at least for me, and I think I can speak for you guys too, I think we were all much more interested in action comics initially under Bendis. And uh, we were afraid that this was going to just turn into like the slugging comic with Ivan Reyes doing just, uh, you know, rules are Superman battles in space the whole time. But it's really become a lot different comic than that. And it's really been, I mean, this is a very satisfying ending to this to this arc. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, Bendis continues to, outside of Event Leviathan, be a really, really formidable DC writer. Yeah, yeah, fully agree. Well, Vince, do you have ready for us what's coming out next week? I do. Oh man, this is a huge week, week guys. <laughs> uh, Batman versus Rachel Ghoul number one, a Neil Adams special. Uh, yeah, deceased, maybe. deceased. A good day to die. Number one, um, Deathstroke. Number forty-seven. Doom Patrol. Weight of the Worlds. Number three. Uh, Doomsday Clock. Number eleven. It's happening, you guys. It's really happening. Um, the Dreaming. Number thirteen. Green Lantern. Number eleven. Harley Quinn. Sixty-five. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy. Number one. Uh, Justice League. Number thirty-one. As we already mentioned, uh, the Legion of Superheroes. Millennium. Number one. Lois Lane number three, and uh, Supergirl number thirty-three. <laughs> Big week. It's a, yeah. doozy. it's a doozy. It is Big a doozy. week. You, you got to hope you have like a four to five hour flight that you can just sit on and <laughs> read all of those books at once. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, uh, two thirds of us on Twitter. If you want to get in touch with us, I am at Brian Needs an App. And I'm at Wilker Fox. If you want to get in touch with Vince, apparently you can find him flying the friendly skies, 
just uh, reading comics and laughing at all the plebs who don't have those comics yet. <laughs> Doing little nods at all the other passengers saying, ah, you're not allowed to see this yet. <laughs> oh, that, that that delightful Rorschach too. <laughs> uh, By the way, I you know as I'm wont to do, I'm always flipping through issues of Who's Who, and there were a lot of like blank twos in the in that time. Oh yeah. Does anyone ever think that we'll hear Rorschach referred to as Rorschach two? I hope so. I hope so so badly. That's the only thing that'll make that better for me is if he's yeah. if he's Rorschach two. But T O O. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. Comma T O O. Of course. Like Gallagher too. Yep. Yep. Uh all right, folks. Thanks for listening. Have... We appreciate it. We'll be back next week with a big, big show. A, a to quote Ed Sullivan, a, a really big shoe. Really big, really big shoe. <laughs> God uh, damn, what's wrong with us? I lost myself to dance.